Praise the Lord. I want to thank you for coming out and uh, being here today. Uh, me and Wang have known each other for about three years now. I met him a few years ago at a different church uh, here in the area. And uh, the last time I was here, uh, I said, Wang, if you want me to come, just ask me, and I will come. And I know what he's thinking, like most people are thinking, but man, is, can we afford it? Can we have it? Can I said, don't worry about any of that. I'll be there. You see, it's not me. It's Jesus. You guys get that? You know? And so um, God made a way where we could come. Another church asked me to come, and, and I thought, well, since I'm out there, they just wanted me to do Saturday. So I said, well, I'll say if, see if Wayne wants me to do Sunday. And he did, and so everything worked out just great, you know, and, and I'm glad to be here, you know, really, really glad to be here with him and Michelle, um, just great people, I think, so you may not think that, but that's okay. <laughs> I think they're great people, but that's a whole different story, you know. Um, you know, you just saw that uh, video or that DVD, it was put together by the 700 Club, you saw that, uh, it was put together about a few years ago. And uh, one of the things they did is they just didn't say this man died and we're going to put him on TV. They did six months of investigation first. They went through the medical records. They talked to the doctors. They made sure that everything that we had been saying for the first five years was correct. Because we had gone out for five years and no really medical person wanted to come forward and uh, say anything, mainly because they made some mistakes. I died and they were scared that I was just getting information to go to court so that I could sue them. That's really what was going on. But I always tell people, you go to heaven and come back and see how many people you sue. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing can compare. Nothing. Doesn't matter what anybody gives me on the planet, it, it does not compare to that place. Nothing there is falling apart. You know? So they had six months of uh, investigation. They finally did the show. Um, they put it out, and when they put it out, the first response they got is that 500 some odd people came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It's only six minutes, you guys. Six minutes. And it touched people throughout the United States. They say it's the mo- one of the most watched shows that they have in their uh, inventory. You know, a lot of people watch that show. It's only six minutes long. Mainly because one of the things about that show is that you have the actual doctor that was in the room when my heart stopped for an hour and 45 minutes, Dr. Irrigate. He wasn't the one that caused the issue. He was the one that was called in to clean up the mess. But he was there when this heart stopped and the lungs stopped. I was considered what they call clinically dead. You know, there was no blood or oxygen going through my body for that long. You know, one person said one time, they said, well, why did they keep on working on you? Because it's an hour and 45 minutes. Dr. Riga, he said he don't really know why he kept on working on me. I really believe it's because people were praying. You know? And I really believe that's why he kept on working on me. You heard his comments. He said the man was really, really dead. He just didn't say the man was dead. He was really, really dead. Now, coming from that doctor, you got to understand who he is. Dr. Riga in the state of Washington, where I used to live, I live in Virginia, up by the other Washington now. <laughs> I got transferred. Some of you don't know what that means. You'd be in the kingdom of God, you can be transferred every once in a while. <laughs> but the bottom line is that uh, he lives in the state of Washington. And at one time, he was rated in the top 10 doctors in the state of Washington. His peers 
rated him as in the top 10 doctors in that state. He was rated as the number one patient care doctor in the state of Washington by patients. So what you're hearing is not a man that's just out there doing his own thing and people say, oh, yeah, he's a doctor. But no, he's a man that gets credentials that are high up there. So if anybody would know anyone was dead, it would have been this man. Did you hear what I just said? You know, I've had people scrutinize me and they even called him up and asked him, ah, was he really dead? And he said, yeah, the man was really, really dead. <laughs> you know, I didn't know you could be really, really dead. I just thought you could be dead and that's it. <clears throat> but I'm not a medical person, so I can't tell you all that stuff. So I always tell people it's easy to prove I died. That's the easy part. The doctors, they say it. The medical records say hour and 45 minutes. I was considered clinically dead. That's easy, you guys. You know, you'll probably say, wow. But for me, that's easy to prove. But where I went, it's a whole different story. But I got to tell you, because I was born again, because I knew Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, because I had the Holy Spirit on the inside of me, I went where Christians are supposed to go. <laughs> I love saying that because some people say, wow, you went to heaven. That's what's supposed to happen to us. <laughs> if you're born again, you know Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. You have the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of you. When you leave this body, you're supposed to go where he said you're supposed to go. It's not unusual for Christians to go to heaven. Is that good news, you guys? Coming back is a whole different story. I didn't want to come back. Everything was right there. There was nothing wrong. It was past peace. Let me put it this way. There was nothing to be peaceful from. I don't even know how to even explain that to us. Because everybody on the planet has got to want some type of peace from something. Or maybe somebody. But in heaven, there is nothing to be peaceful from. How do you explain that? Everything was right and I fit. That even gets me. You know, because I know me. You guys know what I'm talking about. There's always something that needs to be fixed. Usually there's something that needs to be. There's a lot of things that need to be fixed. You guys get this? But here I go into heaven and I get there. Everything's right and I fit. That's what Jesus Christ has done. You know, the, one of the things that I do and I try to explain people, it's it's. It's hard for me to, to describe to you that place because I'm trying to describe an eternal place and a temporal place. I'm trying to tell you things about that place, and yet here we are in a temporal place. And I'm trying to give you examples of that place there by using things that will not exist any longer. They don't have eternity. These chairs will disappear someday. This building will disappear. All the things around us will disappear, but that's the eternal place. One of the things I do is I use the word of God to help me. I do it for two reasons. Number one is I believe the being, which is God Almighty, who inspired the Bible, is the spirit. And if anybody knows how to describe spiritual things, it's God Almighty. That's number one. Number two, you that are born again, I'm going to come up way short. So if I can give you a scripture then you can go to the Holy Spirit and he can take you further. You guys hear what I just said? Because I try to use the five senses. I can tell you what I heard. I can tell you what I saw, but I use the word L-I-K-E a whole lot. Like this, like this, like this. Even in the Bible, when you read in Revelation in those books, you know what they say? 
like this. Daniel, when he described things that were spiritual, he said, like this. Ezekiel, when he described things that are spiritual, he said, like this. He didn't say, this is what it is. He said, this is the closest I can come to describing what it's like. You got to grab that. I can tell you what I experienced. You that are born again, when I say that something I experienced, you can relate to it. You know, being born again is a miracle in itself. Really trying to describe what that's like to somebody is really hard. But if I've had that experience or even close to that experience, I can relate to it. Did you hear what I just said? So there are things that I'm going to say that are going to try to cover the five senses, but I cannot tell you what it smells like. I can't tell you what it tastes like. And it does have a taste and it does have a smell. And you may say, why can't you do that? Because there is something here that's not there. It's called death and decay. And whether you realize it or not, you are smelling it right now. It's in the air all the time. You've gotten used to it. It's like going to anywhere. You get used to the smell of that place. You know, this place got a smell. Most of us think of a bad smell. You know what I mean? But every place gets a smell. I travel all through the United States and around the world. Every place has a smell. And the people in that area get used to the smell. When you go to a hospital, majority of you don't like the way it smells. And the reason is because you're smelling death and decay. Retirement home. A outhouse. Porter potty, you know what those are? <laughs> you go in there, you know you smelling death and decay. <laughs> you know? Well, in heaven, there's no death and decay. There's no smell like that. The most I could do is ask God to give you the smell. He could give it to you, and then you would have a hard time telling people what it's like. One time, one guy came up to me. He was just down south. I think I was like Tennessee or Kentucky, somewhere down there. And he said he had an experience of going to heaven, and he smelled... Heaven, you know what it smelled like to him? Fried chicken. <laughs> I said, he must have ran into Colonel Sanders. <laughs> but the bottom line is, it's hard to describe it because of all those things, you guys. So that's why I use the Word of God. One of the scriptures I use comes out of John, the 14th chapter. It starts off like this. 14.1.6 says, let not your heart be troubled. This is Jesus Christ talking. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am there, ye may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The reason I read this is for one or two reasons. Number one reason is this is Jesus Christ yelling to the entire world, trust me. You're going to leave your body someday, but you that are connected to me are coming where I am. Trust me. That's all he's saying there. Trust me. The other thing that I try to read is Jesus is the only way. There is no other way. I know people tell me all the time that's your belief system. And as, I, as Wang said earlier, I usually come back with, you'll find out. Because everybody on the planet sooner or later is going to leave their body. Even the Bible says this, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's going to come out of their mouth any old way. 
It's better it comes out of their mouth here than there because there is too late. You guys getting this? And all Jesus Christ is doing here is saying, you want to get to my daddy's house? This is how you do it. That's all he's saying. When I got there, Jesus looked at me, saw himself on the inside of me, and I was in. He didn't ask for a resume. He didn't say, did you know this person? Did you do this? Did you go here? Did you what? No, he saw himself on the inside of me, and I was in. Is this good news or is this good news? I one time did a radio program, and it was a secular program. It goes all over the United States. And the guy was asking me what it was like to be in heaven. He wasn't even born again. He didn't really believe in God. But he wanted me to be interviewed and, and, and asked me the question. He finally got to the question, and he said, well, you believe the only way you get into heaven is through Jesus. I said, when I got there, Jesus looked at me, saw himself on the inside of me, and I was in. He said, but my friends say this, and my friends say this, and my friends say this, and my friends say this. I said, but when I got there, Jesus looked at me, saw himself on the inside of me, and I was in. He said, but Dr. Dr. So said this, and Dr. Dr. So says this, and Dr. Dr. So says this. I said, but when I got there, (laughs) Jesus looked at me, saw himself on the inside of me, and I was in. I can't tell you anything different. I'm not trying to convince you, as Wang says, you'll find out sooner or later. I go into the hospital for what I say is a simple kidney stone procedure. I had a kidney stone stuck stuck on the right side, called a kidney infection at the same time. They gave me antibiotics, as Dr. Irrigue said, to kill the kidney infection, but it didn't do anything. And they never went back to check to make sure it was gone. So when they blasted the stone, they pushed the poison into my system, and I became what you call sepsis. And everything in my body started shutting down. It's not just my heart and my lungs that started stop operating. According to the medical records, 29 different things went wrong with this body. 29. You guys. You know, the great thing about it is my wife prayed. She is what I call the general. Because she even directed to other people how to pray. Do you guys get this? She not only wanted her husband back on the planet, she wanted her husband totally healed. And you know what God did? He healed all 29 different things. I lost oxygen to my brain for five minutes to eight minutes. And really, if you, if you lose oxygen more than five or eight minutes, you usually end up with brain damage. We're talking about an hour and 45 minutes. The doctor said he usually quits at 30 minutes. He went on and kept on going another 30 minutes, another 30 minutes, another 15 minutes. Why? Because my wife was in there battling for me along with others. Do you guys hear what I just said? And let's say she didn't succeed at what she wanted. It's okay. I was in a great place. I wasn't up there advocating, send me back to this planet. You know, whether you realize it or not, this place got issues. I'm just putting it out there and letting you know that, you know. But here it is, you guys. God heals all 29 different things and leaves no residue. According to the doctors that looked at my records, they said I had a massive heart attack. You can't tell I ever had a heart attack. They did CPR on me on the whole time. My, my lung, my ribs should have been cracked. There is no cracks in my ribs. The only thing that says I died is the doctors and the medical records. 
If you examine this body, it doesn't even say I went through the procedures and the things that I'm supposed to have gone through. You know? That's our God. That's outside of Wang's thinking. That's outside of my thinking. That's outside of anybody thinking because that's God. It's not outside of his thinking. Somebody needs to know that today. You know? One of the things I get to do is I get to tell people what it's like to die as a Christian. I cannot tell you what it's like to die as a person that doesn't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I can only tell you what it's like to die as a person that does know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I can remember when that moment was coming upon me. All of a sudden, I knew I was dying. They had done the procedure. Three hours later, they were rushing me down the hallway because I could not catch my breath. Every moment I was breathing. So what really happened, you guys, is I suffocated. My lungs stopped operating. That's really what happened. My heart decided it wouldn't operate because it wouldn't get no air. But what really happened is my lungs stopped operating. I suffocated. I died the worst death I could have died. You may think there's a different way of dying that's bad. To me, suffocation was the worst thing I could have died because I almost drowned as a little kid, and I had said I never wanted to experience that again. I even went to God privately and said, God, if I die, don't let it be suffocation. (laughs) And here I am, knowing I'm dying. I remember I said to myself, I am dying because I couldn't catch my breath. And I thought I should be panicking. I thought I should be hysterical. I thought I should be freaked out. And all of a sudden what rose up on the inside of me was these words, I'm going home. Peace, joy, comfort came all over me. You know when I found out, Tony? Comes with the package. It comes with the package. You accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, whether you realize it or not, inside of you, when that moment comes upon you, it's going to rise up on the inside of you, and you're going to say, I'm going home. Peace, comfort, joy is going to come all over you. To be honest with you, I really wasn't even there when I died. I was gone. Most people don't realize this because we believe the body dies and then the spirit leaves. It's really the spirit leaves and the body dies. Even the Bible says it. In James, the second chapter, it says faith without works is dead, just like the body is dead without the spirit. Your spirit has to leave first and then your body dies. We think it's the other way around. See, I left, and then my body died. I know some of you in the room are saying, but I was there when they breathed their last. All you saw was the gas running out of the car. They were gone. Is this good news or is this good news? See, when Jesus Christ died on that cross, he paid the price for our death. In Hebrews 2, 9, and 10, it says, but we see Jesus who made uh, lower than the angels for a little while. Now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death so that by God's grace, he would experience death on behalf of everyone. It's not just a spiritual death. It is a physical death. When he was on that cross, he paid the price for how you are going to die physically. He suffocated already so that I did not have to suffocate. You guys getting this? I was gone. My body was going through it, but I had left. Someone said, what about a car accident? They leave before it happens. 
They're not in it. Some of you need to grab that because you think, oh, man, they suffered really bad. Doing... No, they were gone. You guys got to. He said it. Let me tell you something, though. This is really given to everybody. It's not just given to Christians. It's given to everybody. You got to accept Jesus Christ to be able to benefit from it. But it's given to everybody. When Jesus was in that garden, he said, not my will, but your will be done. He understood what he was getting ready to do. He was getting ready to feel the actual physical pain for those that had not even come to know God before he was on the planet. And he was going to feel the pain for those that will never accept him. That's love. But us that know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, us that are born again, us that accept Jesus Christ within our hearts, we don't have to experience it. You guys get this? It'd be like she has a car payment that's due. And I go to the bank and I pay off the car. I pay it off. But she still goes to the bank to make the payments. God's already paid for it. All you have to do is accept it. Is this good news? I left my body. I went to be with the Father and Jesus. I did exactly what the Bible said we're supposed to do. That's what we're supposed to do. You want to know something? It's not even a belief system, like most people think. It's the way it is. It's outside your belief system. You got to grab what I just said there. Someone say, oh, that's your belief system. You'll find out. It's past a belief system. It's the way it is. You know, one of the things that when I left my body, I went to be with the father and Jesus. I left this body so fast to get there. I cannot explain it. But one way to be absent from the body is to be in the presence of the Lord. That's the way the Bible says it, because if I say it was faster than the speed of sound, I'm too slow. Faster than, than the speed of light, I'm too slow. When I left my body, I got there quick. How quick to be absent from the bodies, to be in the presence of the Lord. That's what the Bible says. But I'm not telling you so that you know how fast it is to get there. Because I know we want to leave the planet real fast sometimes. I know some of us do. But what was going on was this. I left that hospital room. I left the atmosphere. I left even our solar system, our, our galaxy, our, the universe. And I went into this area that was black. Most of the time you hear people talk about it, and they said they saw a light at the end of the tunnel because there's nothing there, no lights in there. That light at the end of the tunnel looked like a window to me. Was it a window? No. That's the closest I can come to describing it. But what got me was these other lights were passing me by. And you know what they were? They were the prayers that people were praying for me and others. People's prayers were passing me by. How fast was I moving to be absent from the bodies, to be in the presence of the Lord? And yet the prayers were beating me there. Your prayers. If Tony, if you would have gave me a head start on that day, May 5th, single de mile, you know that? May 5th. Yeah, it was single to my day. May 5th, 2006, and you started praying, your prayers would have beat me there. Hallelujah. You know why? 
Most of us don't realize this. God wants to hear from us. You know, there's a scripture I like to go to at first Peter three twelve that says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayers, which is mean like this. He wants to hear from you. And I know some of you say, but I don't know how to pray. Let me tell you something. Oh, you ready for this? In Genesis, the second chapter, it talks about Adam being made. And you know when he was made, he was given a mouth. Do you know when he was made, he was given a voice? And it wasn't to talk to Eve because Eve was not created yet. And it wasn't to talk to the animals because the animals he wasn't supposed to be talking to like that. It was to talk to God. Your very mouth was made for one reason, and that is to talk to God. I get the privilege. I ain't spitting on you, am I? (laughs) She up here wiping things, and I want to make sure. (laughs) You know? But your very mouth was made for one reason, really, and that's to talk to God. Your voice was made so that he could hear you. And sometimes people say, but I, you got two ears to hear him. You guys getting this? You know? He's listening all the time. He wants to hear from you. And I know sometimes some people say, well, I don't know if he hears me. Well, he's listening to your heart. Well, how do I know if I'm doing it right in my heart? Ask him. He'll tell you. That's how simple it is. That's how we communicate. If someone's not hearing us and they ask us, we tell them, no. We tell them what's going on. It's not working. Am I correct? Why wouldn't God do that for you? Especially since you're made to talk to him. Is that good news, you guys? The prayers kept on going in. I can't cover the prayers as much. God wants me to cover another area today. Everything that I'm covering, you guys, I could spend a whole two or three hours talking about. I'm going over this real fast. I call this a flyby. (laughs) Seriously. That's what I call it, really, a flyby, you know. But the bottom line is this. The prayers kept on going. They went to the Father. One thing you got to know about your prayers that are prayed from the heart, they have no shelf life. There isn't an expiration date on your prayers from your heart. Did you guys hear what I just said? Even in the Bible, it says this. When an angel shows up to this man named Cornelius in the 10th chapter of Acts, he first says this. Your prayers and your good deeds are a memorial before God. Some of you will leave this planet and God will still be operating off your prayers. Some of you are in this room because someone's already left this planet and God's operating off their prayers. Is this good news, you guys? He wants to hear from you. He wants to hear from you. I enter in, and when I entered in, everything in heaven was glad I was there. Everything, everything, everything. Everything in heaven was glad I was there. Not just the Father. Not just Jesus Christ, not just the Holy Spirit that resides on the inside of us. Sometimes people get on me because they said, you don't talk a lot about the Holy Spirit. And I said, well, he resides on the inside of you. God Almighty in the Holy Spirit resides on the inside of you. Sometimes people say, well, I don't feel like I'm close to God. If you're born again, he on the inside of you. How much closer can he get? Just because you don't feel it don't mean that it's not there. 
You can't go by your feelings. You need to go by what he said. Jesus Christ said he'll never leave you nor forsake you. You guys getting this? Sometimes people say, I hope he didn't hear that. Yes, he did. He on the inside of you. I hope he didn't see that. Yes, he is. He's on the inside of you. He goes with you everywhere you go. Even when I got to heaven, he didn't jump out and say, I got to go get somebody else. He was still with me. You might as well get used to it. God Almighty, you that are born again, will be residing on the inside of you forever. Might as well get used to it. Oh, did I scare you? (laughs) Sorry. You know, I really, people don't realize what's going on on the inside of me, but I'm exploding all over the place. And I'm trying to hold it in. You you know, I'm really excited about this. And when I sit down, I'm holding in so much, you guys. You you hear what I'm saying? So every once in a while, it comes out. And and, and just letting you know that, okay? But he's on the inside of you. So the Father was glad I was there. Jesus Christ was glad I was there. The Holy Spirit on the inside of me was glad I was there. But other things in heaven were glad I was there. Because everything in heaven's alive. There's nothing dead and intelligent. There are animals in heaven. They're alive. And they can speak to you and they're intelligent. It's in the Word. It's in the Bible. Fifth chapter of Revelation talks about all these creatures that come around the throne of God. And it says animals are part of those creatures. And they give him praise. So when I got to heaven, all the animals there were glad I was there. Is that good news? Yeah, I'm going to get fired from you. <laughs> Is that good news, you guys? Every animal in heaven was glad I was there. Even the ones that I would not have wanted to be there. You know what? You got to get used to this. You have no fear in heaven. It does not exist. The things that scare you on the planet, when you see them there, they will not even bother you any longer. Is that good news? Most of us don't realize. I always have people say, well, is this animal there? One person, are cats there? I don't want no cats in heaven. <laughs> you know? But I'm just telling you right now, fear does not exist there. You know what? It doesn't even It's not even a part of your memory any longer. It's not that it just doesn't exist. You never even thought it ever existed. I'm just letting you know that. So the animals were glad I was there. The atmosphere is alive in heaven. It's intelligent. It can talk to you. The atmosphere is in life in heaven. Someone said, where's that at? In the 10th chapter of Revelation, it says the seven thunders spoke. What is thunder? It's atmosphere. John even tried to write down what the seven thunders were saying, and he was told not to. The atmosphere is alive. Someone asked me one time, what do you breathe? You don't take this body with you. It's your soul and your spirit that go. But understand this. Your spirit fills your entire body. It's not a little light, just like right here. It fills everything in your body. It's got arms, legs, and everything. You guys hear me? That's why when someone loses a limb sometimes, they say they still feel it. You guys hear what I just said? You know. So when I got to heaven, the atmosphere was glad I was there. What do you breathe? You don't have to worry about the air. You're not breathing it like you breathe it here. There, you live off of Jesus. Just to let you know that. 
It'd be like you coming in this room and all of a sudden the atmosphere would get excited and start popping because you showed up. So the animals were glad I was there. The atmosphere was glad I was there. Let's go a little bit farther. You got to understand something. And I always say this around this time, and I'm going to say it now. And this is what I say. I don't get you into heaven. Jesus does. You don't have to believe a word I'm saying. You still get to go. If you're born again. You guys getting this? My words don't get you in. Jesus does. Even if I'm there and you come in, you're not going to come up to me and say, Dean, you were right. You know what you're going to say? You were way short in really describing this place. That's what you're going to say, you guys. I'm just being honest with you. You know, I don't get you in. Jesus does. I'm on my way home. I'm not up here for a population. I can't even say population. I'm not trying to be popular, you know. You know what? I would have stayed. I didn't volunteer to come back. I would have stayed. I would have met Wayne in heaven. It would have been okay meeting him there. You guys getting this? But I want you to understand, I don't get you in. Jesus does. When I got there, everything was glad I had come in. Even the things that we would call furniture. They're not really furniture. They're alive. They can talk. They can move around. In Revelation, the ninth chapter, it tells you there's a table, and on that table, some horns. And you know what the horns do? They talk. The 16th chapter, 7th verse tells you in Revelation that the table talks. It says something. The 19th chapter tells a voice comes from the throne, and it's not God talking. It's the throne giving praise to God. Just telling you, it's all there. You know? And some of you say, whoa, that's way out there. You're going to understand something. There's a lot of things when you get to heaven that's way out there. But you know how you're going to act when you get there? You're going to act like you always knew it. (laughs) You're going to walk around like, I knew that, I knew that, I knew that. (laughs) And it ain't going to be that you're lying because the Holy Spirit on the inside of you always knows all those things. And where sometimes we block him from talking to us, you're not going to block him any longer. You guys get this? And ain't nobody going to come up to you and say, you know you didn't believe this. You know you didn't believe this. That attitude is not there. Is that good news? So when I'm talking about everything and heaven was glad I was there, now you get the picture. It was like Jesus Christ went before me and told all of heaven I was coming. But you want to know something, Tony? You want to know when he did it? He did it the day I accepted him as Lord and Savior. He announced to all of heaven that I was coming the day I accepted him as Lord and Savior. So every one of you that's in this room that's born again, you've been announced. You've been announced. I'll be honest with you. That was great. But I wanted to be where Jesus is. See, I can tell you about the flowers in heaven. I can tell you about the mountains in heaven. I can tell you about the rivers in heaven. But none of them died on the cross for me to get there. I'm just being honest with you. None of them uh, spilled their blood so that I could be there. I love to emphasize about Jesus. 
And I'll be honest with you. When I first came back, I always told people I was with Jesus and the Father. They said, ain't that heaven? I said, yeah, that's heaven. But heaven's not heaven without the Father and Jesus. Most people don't understand this. It's not a place you want to be in. It's a person you want to be with. It's on the inside of you. It's drawing you right now. It's pulling you really hard right now to be where that person is. So when I got there, it was great that all those creations were glad I was there, but I was going where Jesus is. And Wayne, when I saw him, I did exactly what the Bible said. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. I went down on my hands and knees before my Lord and Lord and King of Kings. And I looked at him. Really, I looked at his feet. And these words came out of my mouth. You did this for me. You know, it's been 10 years and I still get it. Still to this moment. This, I'm not trying to, uh, uh, what do you say, act before you uh, or, 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 or do a drama before you. It still gets me. You did this for me. Those are the first words that came out of my mouth, Tony. The reason I say Tony because I met her and I remember her name. So <laughs> It ain't that I'm picking on her, but it's easy to remember her name. You know, I say Wayne because I know Wayne, and so I do that too. But the bottom line is, you guys, it still gets to me this day. I'm looking at my Lord, and I'm thinking, you did this for me. I came to understand something. None of my good works got me in. None of my good works got me in. It was him that got me in. My Bible even tells me that I'm supposed to do everything as unto the Lord. He's to get the credit for it. Even if you say to me today, Dean, that was great, I would say it's Jesus. Because he's working through me. He's telling me what to say. Wayne, you know what I'm talking about. Most pastors will tell you when they get up there, there's a lot of things they're hearing for the first time, too. Even though it's coming out of their mouth. I know you think they're really intelligent. I'm not saying he's dumb, but I'm just telling you. Okay. But God uses them and it comes out and they're hearing it for the first time. I have many of my friends that go home and listen to the recordings because they got to hear what the people hear. Seriously, you guys. It's him working through us. You know you. How many times have you not wanted to do something and you knew you needed to do it for God and then it was the greatest thing you could have done? And everybody patted you on the back and told you how great you was, but you knew with Jesus working through you. None of my good works got me in. Jesus got me in. What about my bad works? What about them? I came to understand something. It's found in Hebrews, the 8th and the 10th chapter. He says that when he forgives you, he forgets it. That's what he said. When the writer of Hebrews wrote it, he said that when Jesus Christ forgives you, he forgets it. And someone says, then what about that book I heard about? It's got all these things that are going to be written in it about me. And he's going to open it up and he's going to share it with everybody. You're right now bringing up something that's contradicting something. I said, no, I'm not. It means we don't understand it. Nothing's contradicting itself, you guys. We just don't understand it. But let me help you out here. I came to understand something. In that book 
on that page where your name should be is another name. It's called Jesus. So when he opens it up and starts to try to read your stuff, it cannot be read because it's got Jesus' name there because he paid the price. I'm just letting you know. He looked at me like I never sinned in my entire existence. Like I never disobeyed him ever, ever. Because when he forgives you, he forgets it. And I know some people bring it up in your lives all the time. They remind you how bad you used to be. They don't let you get away with nothing because they remember, oh, yeah, you used to be that way. And I know some of us in the room, well, they ain't really changed. Who made you God? Let's put it down. Who made you God? God knows if they changed, if they didn't change. You know? I'll tell you one thing. They ain't getting it from Jesus when they bring it up because he ain't got it. But there is one called the accuser of the brethren. He got all kinds of stuff on you that he'll bring up to people so they can remind you how bad you used to be. If you asked him to forgive you, he has forgiven you and forgot it. Stop going to him to try to remind him. He don't remember. I'm just, didn't I say, didn't it? You read it. It's in Hebrews. The 8th and the 10th chapter. You go there. It says he, for, he forgave you and he forgot it. That's what it says. I'm, he looked at me like I never sinned in my entire existence. Like I never disobeyed him. Sometimes people say, why should we do these things then? If I get in, do I have to act like a Christian? And I tell people, you are a Christian. Act like one. Everything that God has created, dogs act like dogs. Am I right? Cats act like cats, don't they? Am I right? Do you have a cat? Oh, your cat died? But it acted like a cat, didn't it? I didn't want to bring up bad news. Yeah, it was a bad cat. But you loved him, didn't you? A little bit. A little bit. Oh, boy. <laughs> but cats act like cats, don't they? Yeah. Okay, let's go there. <laughs> cats act like cats. You know, trees act like trees. Everything that God created acts in the nature that is created. He said we are a new creation. Ain't that what he said? Should we not act in the nature that we are created in now? Not because it gets us something, because that's who we are. Somebody better grab what I just said there. I got to share something with you. Do you know the culture that God has asked us to be, to act on the planet? It's really the basis is found on the Galatians, the fifth chapter, the 22nd verse. It says, this is the fruit of the spirit, the love, they have joy, they have peace, they have self-control. To, 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 to be kind, to be gentle. You guys know what I'm talking about? Do you know that's eternal culture? That's not a temple culture. That's not just a culture for the, for the, you know, for the um, earth. That's a culture forever. That's the way it is in heaven. So you might as well get used to it. Don't you think when you get to heaven you're going to love? Don't you think when you get to heaven you're going to be gentle? Don't you think when you get to heaven you're going to be kind? You guys getting this? So you're born again, act like it. 
He's giving you his Holy Spirit himself on the inside of you even to help you. Is this good news? And somebody said, well, I have a hard time. Start coming to church. Seriously. Church is a, is a place where you come to to help you act like you're supposed to act. I'm just putting it out there. That's why that's, he said believers are to come together. Why are we to come together? So that we can act like we're supposed to act. You guys hear me? Well, everybody doesn't act. That way. You're right. They're all growing in it. You are too. You just don't want nobody to know you're growing. Oh, that's a whole different story. I looked at his feet and his feet loved me. You ever looked at anybody's feet and they loved you? No. You don't get love from nobody's feet, do you? Oh, yes. yeah. You get some what? Stench? <laughs> Everyone's thinking it, but she had to say it, huh? <laughs> oh, we know she ain't going to hide nothing. <laughs> no, you don't get love from... Most people's feet. Well, I looked at Jesus' feet, and his feet loved me. The fullness of the love that God has for me was coming through Jesus' feet. I didn't need to see another portion of Jesus, you guys. Didn't need to see his face. Didn't need to see his arms. Didn't need to see nothing about him. All I needed to know is that the love that was coming from him was the love that was created for me. See, I came to understand something. It's not a blanket love. It's individually tailored made. Everybody in this room, whether you realize it or not, when you were created, God Almighty went out and created love for you that nobody else could receive but you. It's individually tailored made. It's your love. You're not taking it from nobody else because it can't go to nobody else but you. Is this good news, you guys? And I'm looking at Jesus' feet, and I'm experiencing the love that he has for me coming through his feet, like I'm the only one he loved, knowing he loves others. But I was receiving my love. I looked at other parts of his body, looked at his hands. His hands loved me. Sometimes I get questions about the nail prints because people want to know where the nail prints are. Are they here or are they here? You guys hear me? And I'm going to tell you right there, ain't nobody up there trying to prove it's Jesus. Oh, Jesus, now, is this you? Because I want to know if I'm in the right place. <laughs> show me your hands. Show me your hands. Show me your hands, you know. Ain't nobody up there trying to prove it. You know it's him because of the way he loves you. Can't no one else love you that way. Even the Bible says in Romans, the eighth chapter, let me read it to you. It says this. Knowing all these things, this is the 37th through the 39th verse. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors to him that, who love us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to do what? Separate us from, from who? The love of God that is in who? Christ Jesus our Lord. Is this good news, you guys? Everything about him Loved me. I toned it down just for you. <laughs> Seriously, I wanted to come up like anything, but I said I better not do that. 
I was at one place one time, and I really got excited. And this little boy, he kept on putting his hand over his ears. So I kept on going on this side till he didn't have to do that, you know what I mean? But the bottom line is, that love that was coming to me was coming through Jesus Christ because he was created for that love to come through him to me. You guys, didn't it just say that? So everything about him loved me. I looked into his eyes, and in his eyes I saw the love for me. And this is the best way I could describe it. This is the best way I could describe it. It looked like it would outlast me. The love I saw in his eyes looked like it would outlast me. And I'm an eternal being. Most of you don't realize that you're born again. You don't die. Your body does. You're an eternal being. Most of us that are born again don't understand that because we treat each other bad sometimes. And we don't understand our relationships are eternal. They're not temporal. You will always know each other. I will always know Wayne. Sometimes I even go up to people and say, get used to this face. You will see it forever. (laughs) Most of us don't realize that. This is not a temporal relationship. It's an eternal one. Some of us got to start treating each other that way. You know what I really believe, Wayne? You, the person you can't get along with, not you, but someone in your congregation can't get along with, is the one they're going to be with in heaven any other way for eternity. And I really believe it's the enemy trying to get them not to get along because he knows if they do get along, how much damage they would cause his kingdom. Do you guys hear what I just said? I looked into his eyes, and I saw the love he has for me, like it would outlast me, and I'm an eternal being. I would think about someone else, and I would see the love for him, them, brother, like he only loved them. If I had known you way back then, and I looked into his eyes, I would have seen the love for you like he only loves you. Everybody I thought about, all of a sudden, I saw the love for them like he only loves them. And you know what I said? Wayne, you know what I said? You really do want everybody here. That's what I said. I know I preached it. I told people that. But here I am looking in his eyes and I said, you really do want everybody here. Because there were people in my mind that I was thinking, maybe there's an exception to the. Maybe they're not part of everybody. You guys know what I'm talking about. But it hit me so hard that he really does want everybody there. And I asked him a question. And the reason I asked him a question, because I wanted, I just wanted to know. And I said, even child molesters? And you would say, why would you do that? Because I worked in the juvenile justice system. 30 years. Used to do that up in the uh, uh, Seattle area. Helped to run um, the juvenile justice system up there. I worked with lots and lots of teenagers and kids. Loved it. Loved it. I used to go around telling people, I will do it until the day I died. And guess what? I died. <laughs> I didn't expect to come back. But I loved it. 
But the one issue above all the issues that was hard to deal with when any kid I came in contact with was one that had been molested. And it wasn't that I didn't believe a person that had committed that act, if they asked God to forgive them, he wouldn't forgive them. I had them in the back of the line. The door shut, they barely got in. I'm just being honest with you. And Jesus tells me something. And this is what he says to me. When you put a person in jail, they get out. But when we put a person in hell, they're there for eternity. And then he says this to me. Who are you to nullify what I have done? He wants everybody there. Maybe that's not the guy or the person in your life. You got somebody else. But guess what? He said he died for him. He paid the price on the cross. My Bible even tells me this in Isaiah, the 52nd chapter, the 14th and 15th verse, that he was beaten in such a manner he was unrecognizable as a human being. Did you guys hear what I just said? Those movies you see about the passion and all that, they don't come close to what really took place. He was beaten in such a manner he was unrecognizable as a human being. And most of us don't realize that. And then he died everybody's death. Think about it. We don't really think about that when we think about him being on the cross, that he's really feeling the agony or the pain for everybody that's ever existed or will exist. Their pain of dying. That's our Lord. I hope we put a different perspective of when it when they talk about the love of Jesus now. I hope it brings it to a different, yes, you're in that. And you could, but now you know that everybody was in it. Is this good news, you guys? I could go on with so many different areas. Just wrote a new book on the worship, what it was like to be before Jesus Christ with everything in heaven worshiping God. It should be coming out in June. I've got it going through editors and reviewers right now. In the book that you get, it's about five pages. The new book is 17 chapters, 180-some pages. I'm describing in detail what it's like to be in heaven with everything in heaven giving God praise. You guys, that tells you what I cannot even cover, you know? Because every one of those things that I talk about, I can go in details because I'm going really fast. Because there is no waste in heaven and everything's like a universe. And you probably say, well, how can I handle that? Don't worry about it. You were created to handle it. It's like when I got to heaven, everything was right and I fit. Most of us in this room don't realize why we don't like wrongness because you weren't created for wrongness. You were created for rightness. On the other side of Jesus was my family. My grandmother Mary was out front and behind her were other relatives. Some of them weighing I had known because they had been on the planet when I was on the planet. But after them, there was generation after 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 generation. After generation, after generation, after generation, after generation, after generation, after generation, after generation. And I could keep on going of all of those that has a relationship with Jesus Christ. They all came to greet me in. And they were my family. 
One person asked me one time, was there somebody you thought would be there that wasn't there that was in your family? I didn't think all those people would be there. I didn't grow up with all those people. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. We went to church every once in a while on, on Easter Sunday, and it really was me and my three brothers. The rest of my family didn't go to church on Easter Sunday. I didn't know that many people in my family had made a connection with Jesus Christ. One person I had in hell, for sure. My Aunt Barbara. And there she was in heaven. I had my Aunt Barbara in hell. You know? And there she was in heaven. The only way you get in is to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. When did she accept him? I don't know. Came to understand something. I didn't need to know. He did. Somebody better grab what I just said there. I didn't get him in. I'm not the gatekeeper. I thought for sure since I had come to Jesus at the age of 17 that he would come to me and and ask for advice on when a person is ready in my family to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. But he went behind my back and got my Aunt Barbara saved. (laughs) And I didn't find out until I got there. You guys hear me? I know you're in this room right now, and some of you are probably thinking, that person didn't really make it. That person didn't really make it. That, you don't know that. See, my wife, when she worked in the medical field, she used to go in the hospital rooms when people were dying and lead them to the Lord, and the family never knew about it. See, most of us don't realize this. It's awful hard for someone you're praying for to go to hell. It isn't that they don't have their own free will. It isn't that they can't choose. It isn't that they can't say, no, I don't want this. But you sent God Almighty after them. Somebody better grab what I just said there. You didn't just send anybody after him. You sent God Almighty after him. And whether you realize it or not, he wants him there more than you do. I remember right after this happened to me, and I was back home. This happened May 5th, and I was back home on the 16th. And, you know, I was in the days. I'm not going to lie. I was in the days. I was just days, you know. But my wife wanted to celebrate my birthday. It was coming up June 1st. And a lot of other people wanted to celebrate my birthday because this was big. You know, all the people in my, that I was working with, they knew I had died and come back. All my people in the church knew I had died and come back. So I had all these people that wanted to celebrate me being back on the planet. In heaven, the only one that got celebrations is the Father and Jesus, no one else. And I didn't want nothing being celebrated about me, nothing. And I was ready to tell my wife, call this thing off, because all these people were coming by just to congratulate me, congratulate me for being back on the planet. And I'm telling you, that was no congratulations to me. You, you understand what I mean? And I remember talking to God, and I said, God, I don't want to celebrate this. And I remember him saying to me, celebrate it because you exist to have a relationship with me forever. Put a whole different perspective on why a person is born. Amen. People don't realize that. We are created to be with our Father forever. Amen. So do you not think he would go after anybody and everybody as hard as he could? He's not going to override their own free will, but he's not going to give up on them either. That's what happened to that thief on the cross. 
right next to Jesus. When he looked at Jesus, he said, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. And what did he say? No, wait a minute now. I've been beat up so bad. I'm up here hurt. I'm nailed. You're tied. Something's not right here. I got my own issues. You have yours. He didn't say that. He said, this day you will be with me in paradise. He ain't giving up on nobody. Is this good news or this good news? Some of you need to start rejoicing. You not just need to start thinking for God how he's going to intervene in your family. And I know some of you are saying, I want to see it here on the planet. To me, whether I see it here on the planet or I see it there, it doesn't matter as long as I see it. And in heaven, when a person came to know Jesus Christ, well, let me tell you what happens. I remember being in heaven and people were coming to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I remember a shout coming from the far ends of heaven. People don't even realize how huge heaven is. The closest I can come is to describe it like this. You take a grain of sand. Let's let's, let's, let's use your desert. You take a grain of sand from your desert. And that would be your universe. That would be your earth. That would be everything we know of plus. And the desert would be heaven. It's huge. Yeah. It's no small place. I remember hearing this sound come from the far end of heaven. And as it got closer, I recognized what was going on. Everything in heaven was turning toward the throne of God and shouting the name of a person that just accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and giving God glory. And it's no small thing. He wants them more than you do. Most of us don't realize that. And he has the resources to reach them when you can't. When they're in their room by themselves late at night, he shows up. He may show up in a dream. They can even be in bars. They can be in a bar. I have a friend during football season in Vancouver, Washington, that he goes into bars during halftime and preaches the gospel. And many people come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Is this good news, you guys? God's after them, whether you realize it or not. My Bible even says this. You're the prey that laborers go into the harvest field. Some of you have been those laborers that God has sent for to reach other people. Am I correct? Whether it's a clerk that's checking you out, whether it's somebody in the hospital, whether it's just someone you walk by on the street, you know what I'm talking about. And if you've done that for somebody else, don't you think God is doing that for you? Whether you realize it or not, you were created to be with your family forever. Family is created in Genesis, the first chapter, before the fall. Not marriage, because Jesus Christ says there's no marriage there. Some people get disappointed when I say it, but I'm saying you have a greater relationship with your spouse than you ever had on the planet, and I can't even tell you what that is because there's nothing on the planet that compares to it. So if you have a great one here, you'll have a better one there. And I can't even tell you what that is. You guys hear me? But you were created to be with your family forever. 
I know some of you are thinking, uh, no, 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 you don't know my family. I had one person one time tell me, I, I hope that heaven is huge because they're living on one side, I'm living on the other side. But you've got to understand something. Everything's right. They're right, you're right. You get along with them, they get along with you. There's no more issues. You really get to experience family the way God created you to experience family. Family is important to God, you guys. You won't remember the bad things that they did to you, and they won't remember the bad things that you did to them. Is this good news, you guys? This is what Jesus Christ did when he died on that cross for us. It's all in love. We sung a lot about love today. And everything that I've told you is really the love of God. None of it is outside of his love. Different aspects of it I've given to you. But, you know, Wang, every bit of it is he's saying, I love you. I love you so when you get ready to leave the planet, you won't have to suffer the pain of death. I love you because you won't have to wait so long to get there. I love you because when you get there, everything's going to be glad you're there. I love you because every piece of my body is going to tell you I love you all the time. I love you because I created love for you that no one else could receive. I love you because even when you pray, I will still be acting off your prayers, even though you won't be on the planet. You guys getting this? I love you, but I'm giving you the one thing that I wanted you to have at the beginning, which is a family like you never had before. Is this good news, you guys? I could go on, you guys. There's a lot more I could say, but we're running out of time here. And I don't hear my father telling me to move to say anything else to you. He's working on your hearts. I'm going to ask everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes. I'm going to ask my brother Wayne to come up here and stand by me. Him and Michelle has been such grace, uh, good people. If you're in this room... And something today touched your heart. And, but you've never made a decision for Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You never ask him into your life. And you're saying, I need to do that. And you want us to pray for you. Raise your hand right now. We will pray for you. If you're in this room and you never, never, never accepted Jesus, but you want to do it, we see your hand. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Anybody else? Anybody else? We see your hand. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? You can put your hands down. If you're in this room, but you've asked Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, but you're not walking the way God wants you to walk, and you know it, you're doing things your way, but it's not working out, or it may be seeming like it's working out, but you know that someday it's not going to work out, but you know you need to do it God's way, raise your hand. We want to pray for you. If you're in this room right now, we see your hands. We see your hands. We see your hands. Everyone else, just keep your eyes closed and your heads bowed. When you see them, you can put your hands down. There's two other things that I usually cover, Wayne, when I go places. Everyone, please keep your eyes closed and your heads down, please. One is about forgiveness. It's mostly going after the brothers and sisters in the room. Because sometimes we don't forgive people. And it holds us back from really achieving what God wants us to achieve. Because we're supposed to forgive them. 
It doesn't mean that they're getting away with something, okay? It just means that we're being released from that anchor that's holding us down. If you're in this room and you know you need to forgive someone and it's been hard, but we can't do it for you, but we can pray with you so that you move in that direction to forgive them. And you want that, raise your hand right now. We will pray for you. We will pray for you. You see the hands, Wayne? You can put your hands down. And then the last area is for us that have said we've forgiven somebody, but we can't stand that their name be mentioned. We can't stand that if, if someone uh, 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 brings them up or we think about it, it does something to us. It's just like, Arr! even though we say we forgave them, but we react to it in a negative way. You know, God can heal us from that. There are people in my life, Wayne, that have done great damage to me, but I can be around them like they've never done anything. It doesn't mean I let them get away with something. It means that now that which they have done to me no longer impacts me. If you're in this room and that's you, you've said you forgave them, but it's still impacting you and you want that to go, raise your hand right now, we will pray for you. We see your hands. You can put them down. I'm going to still ask you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. But I'm going to tell you what I'm getting ready to do. I'm getting ready to turn it over to Wayne. And I'm going to let him pray and do what he wants to do at this moment. Okay. I always tell people I can do it. I can pray for you. I can do all those things. But it's not me that you want touching you. It's Jesus. You need a touch from Jesus. He's the one that can do it. Okay? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give it into Pastor Wayne's hands. He's going to take it from here.